Blog Talk Radio. Welcome one and all. This is Robert Rogers, and of course, you have just connected with Parkinson's Recovery. This is, as you well know, the place to be on Wednesday afternoons if you and your loved ones are interested in finding things that you can consider, therapies that you can explore that are providing individuals sustained relief from the symptoms of Parkinson's and, in some cases, helping people become symptom-free. We're sponsoring the Parkinson's Recovery Summit, not 2012, in Cincinnati, Ohio, on June the 22nd and June the 23rd. Many of you have emailed me recently and said, oh, my gosh, the hotel is full. I just called the hotel today, and they did confirm, yes, it is full. The hotel recommends that you might consider calling a hotel that's just a couple of blocks away and that's called the Millennium Hotel. Apparently, it's very well-priced in a well-run hotel. So that's an option. The hotel, the Garfield Suites, which is where the summit workshops and activities will be held on June the 22nd and 23rd, is in downtown Cincinnati. It's actually near the convention center and near lots of wonderful hotels. So there'll be plenty of places to stay. The other heads up for everyone is, I'm told, they will be releasing rooms in late May and early June. Apparently, they have some other blocks from one or two other groups that are not filling up, but they have to wait until then to be able to release those rooms. So chances are, if you just stay tuned, there will be some rooms that will open up and you'll actually be able to stay at the hotel with just a little luck. Information about the summit is at the following website www.summit, S-U-M-M-I-T, dot parkinsonsrecovery.com. And a final heads up, I know some of you have been waiting until the last minute to get the early bird special. Of course, the registration tuition fee only cost a grand total of $50 for the entire two days. But that offer expires on April the 15th. If you're in the United States, that's tax day. So be sure if you've been holding back to actually register to go ahead and process that through. The rate after April the 15th is $75. Again, that's for the total two days. So that's not a huge difference, but you can save that $25, or if you're coming with two or three or four persons, you can save much more and then devote those funds to be able to pay for whatever workshops you might want to participate in. I have an exciting guest and an incredible opportunity that really is something that has just been discovered. My guest today is physical therapist Cindy Horn, who is the vice president and chief technology officer of Motion Therapeutics. And she has actually posted a video of an individual who currently experiences the symptoms of Parkinson's on her website, and that particular website is www.motiontherapeutics.com. I'm going to spell that for everyone. It's www.motionthera. P-E-U-T-I-C-S dot com. Now, I've carefully spelled that out for you because we're going to give you an invitation to actually visit that particular website and watch a video of an individual who is actually using the device that Cindy has just recently developed and created. Cindy Horn, thank you so much for being on the show today. Well, thank you very much for having me. I'm really looking forward to share my experiences with the people who are listening. So at the outset, tell everybody about yourself. Well, I'm a physical therapist, and I've been in practice for quite a while. I won't need to go into exactly how many years, but long enough to know quite a bit in over 20 years, I'll say that much. And it was about 11 years ago that I realized a really important treatment for patients uh, well, it started out with MS, but um, we actually are utilizing with many different diagnoses, one of which is Parkinson's. And uh, I, uh, amazingly, 
what actually happened is I was doing research with people with osteoporosis, and we were utilizing weighted vests in an exercise program that I was teaching in the community for people who had had fractures below their waist. And at the time, I was also uh, working as a home health physical therapist, and I still do treat patients in their homes. And I, I was working with a patient with MS, and I was noticing that how she was losing her balance. And I thought to myself, wow, what if I get that vest out of my car and uh, manipulate how she's moving with these weights? And uh, lo and behold, uh, some amazing things happened that day, That so much that both she and I sat down and cried because it was she went from walking very poorly, unable to control her legs. I mean, her knees would back, knee, or we call that hyperextension in the physical therapy world. Um, her trunk was moving side to side. And if you end up going on to our, um, our YouTube site from the Motion Therapeutics, her name is Mary, and you'll actually see some of the original work I did with her 10 years ago and um, a few years ago. And that she's the basic... She's why all this was created, is that one patient where I had an aha moment and realized that things with patients with neurological degenerative processes don't just change overnight, but somehow this was happening with my patient, and I couldn't believe it. So that led to a lot of nights, being up at night, trying to figure out what the heck I'd come up with. And um, so what I actually came up with was a treatment over the years now, called balance-based torso weighting. And um, we've done some research with people with um, with multiple sclerosis. And uh, the last several years, uh, we've been working at Samuel Merritt University in Oakland, California. And more recently, we've gotten an NIH grant to study um, the effect of this weighting procedure, strategic weighting procedure, on people with MS from NIH. But we've also done um, a study with people with Parkinson's disease. Well, all of that is truly exciting, Cindy. I want everyone to actually connect up to your website. The video link is posted on the Parkinson's Recovery blog. Some of you listening to this have already actually watched that video from the link on the blog. And many of you who received the newsletter also received that link to a YouTube video showing the before and after of an individual who is using this particular balanced-based torso weighting uh, treatment. Let me suggest that the next step we might pursue, Cindy, is to have people go to your website so they can see what's there and then see how they can link through to get access to that video from your website. So her website, once again, is www.motion, M-O-T-I-O-N, the word motion, combined together with the word therapeutics, T-H-E-R-A-P-E-U-T-I-C-S dot com. I'm looking at that particular website right now. There's some videos right at the very top of that main page. Now, tell everybody, if you would, especially those of us who are looking at your main page now, how can we get access to the video of the individual that you just mentioned who is uh, an individual experiencing symptoms of Parkinson's who had the before and after of the balance-based torsional weighting? Okay, so you're going to scroll down the page. On the right-hand side, you're going to be able to see um, uh, like a little um, place to either click on Facebook or YouTube. So you want to click on the YouTube site, and that's going to bring you to um, the YouTube that's been uploaded for balance-based torso weighting. And the title is actually the first one's on, on there right now, so you should come right to it. Okay, so I've done that, and at the very bottom of the page, for those of you who are following me, you see, for example, sign up for our email newsletter, and then a Facebook symbol, and then a YouTube, and then a Twitter. So these are at the very bottom right-hand side, and so I'm right now clicking on the YouTube link, and what happens is, as Cindy just explained, that takes you to the YouTube website, and what we're seeing here as the first entry is 
the Parkinson's uh, disease treatment that was just posted. Now, I'm thinking you probably are going to be posting new videos here down the line, so people listening to this a year or so from now may not see this as the first video. Is that right, Cindy? That's right. Whenever we add a new video, um, that will come up. Uh, the new vi- newest video put on the website will be the one at the top. But if they just scroll down um, and look for Parkinson's disease treatment for walking and balance, this one will pop up. It's only um, a two-minute video. And so that is the that is the title. I just want to remind everybody that's the title of this video: Parkinson's disease treatment for walking and balance. So I'm looking at that video right now, and what I want to suggest is if you'd like to follow through, maybe there's something about this that uh, you'd like to point out as we, those of us who just clicked this might uh, uh, become more aware of. Right. So okay. what, I, what I'm going to do, I don't know if you're looking at it too, Cindy, right now. Yes, I'm going to try to, um, I, I know there'll be a little background noise from my computer. I've got it down as low as possible of the talking that's going on, but I will be talking over it. So I'm hoping, let me know if it, if you, if that's distracting to you, and then I, I just will talk about the video itself while you're watching it. Great. But um, I, I hope everybody's ready. Maybe we should wait like another 30 seconds or so until everybody finds it, and then we can kind of hit it all together where we start the video. You start the video on the bottom left-hand side. There's a little arrow or um, diamond that you would press that will start the video. Do you all see that? Yes, and mine actually started automatically when I hit the page. Oh, okay. Uh, it didn't. I didn't have to press anything whatsoever. So the minute it popped up, it started. Oh, cool. Okay. I guess it just depends on what type of computer you have. I hope I everybody so. can see it. So why don't you go ahead and we'll just click it go and go ahead and talk about it. Okay, so I'm going to start it on mine, and what you'll see is the Balancewear logo, and then you're going to start, you'll see same-day changes with a woman with a diagnosis of either Parkinson's disease or spinal cerebellar ataxia. The reason um, we, I'll tell you about that later, uh, because I, uh, I'll tell you her story after we finish this video. So what you're seeing here is I'm talking to her about her falls and where she gets hurt. And she has a lot of problems with her elbows and her knees, so she's probably falling forward and to her left because she was complaining of her left elbow. But as she stood up, I hope you noticed that she wasn't very steady. Now as she's walking, her arms are up high, and she kind of, if you think about a toddler, she kind of has a toddler look where they're kind of protecting, they're holding their arms up high. As she turned, she lost her balance backwards and had to gain it. And look how wide her arms are out to the side. So all of these things are what I'm looking at as a physical therapist. Now, we're going to do same-day comparison. And she's got the balance wear vest on that's been strategically weighted. You'll see she doesn't stand for quite as long, and she's able to take off walking. Her arms are not um, out to the side. She does touch there when she turns, but if you look at her arm swing, now she's starting to develop a lot of um, some arm swing. It's not normal, but it's definitely um, better than it was, and here she's saying she can't believe the difference. What you, um, what you were watching was the very first um, walk that she had in the balance wear vest, and now um, she's talking about how stable she feels. And now she was saying that she went from being very unstable, a 1 out of 10, 10 meaning um, that you're normal and 1 meaning that you're falling, to um, essentially a 9 out of 10, which is um, amazing because when you feel stable, you develop confidence. And confidence in rehab and in any any type of – any time you're more confident, you're going to move more. And moving is essential to stay (laughs) – staying upright and being happy and living a um, a good life and having a good quality to your life. And so uh, there were a lot of different things I was noticing with her treatment. Now, this patient was only seen one time by me, and she was from Wisconsin, and my parents live in Wisconsin, and I was out on vacation, and she had contacted Motion Therapeutics. 
And I just happened to be there, so she drove an hour and a half and came to my parents' house. So that video was in my parents' house. She walked in on two walking poles. That's how she actually got around and felt more safe, as if she was using two walking poles. And within about 20 minutes, I had her strategically weighted. And I'll be talking a little bit about how I go about figuring out their balance problems, but um, I won't be able to give you enough information. It's something that I actually teach physical therapists, occupational therapists, clinicians um, to learn how to do this treatment technique because it's very strategic where you place the weights. What inspired you, Cindy, to come up with this incredibly innovative system? Well, it was really that day with um, that patient with MS where uh, I had this aha. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't really believe what I was seeing with this patient and how well she moved. If you, sc- if well, the people who end up being on that YouTube site later scroll down to some of the videos with the people with MS and Mary. She's got short hair. She's a Caucasian woman. She's she's my she's the reason for all of this because it's that treatment with her that day that I realized I was onto something quite amazing. Now, um, Cindy, the person who you just saw in the video for Parkinson's disease, you know, she doesn't get quite the same recovery, or the I wouldn't say it's recovery. It's it's um, improvement right now. Recovery, I would consider that you take the vest off and you don't have to wear it anymore and you walk like that. <laughs> but um, uh, she, Cindy was, um, I would say she got an average uh, amount of, of ability from it. Some patients, as you will see on my website, some patients get amazing amount, like they look pretty much normal. And then pe- people get anywhere between, I'd say, 5% first day to 10 25% something like similar to what you saw with Cindy and then to what you'll see with Mary as you watch some of her videos. So results clearly vary according to who it is that you're actually working with. Yes, I, and you know it's, it's been really interesting to kind of watch how this all happens um, with all different types of patients because, you know, I'm, it's not just Parkinson's or MS, it's traumatic brain injury, stroke, cerebral palsy, all different kinds of patients. The, the reason, um, I think, is, is first of all, everybody's at a, a different level of ability when they come to me. Everybody's got a different neurological system. Everybody grew up differently, even though we have some similarities. Um, some people crawl for a full year before they start walking, some people a year and a half. Our neurological systems are slightly different, um, and that's what I, you know, when I first started using the strategic weighting or what we call balance-based torso weighting was what I had to learn because I thought when I was putting the, the original um, vest on, a, the, on Mary that I took to a different patient and, and then I'd weight them and then, um, and then so I'd come back to another patient who I thought had improved, you know, the day before and all of a sudden they weren't any different and it it wasn't until I realized it was where I was placing these weights, and that's what made the difference. Did I did I have the true aha, the the true uniqueness of this technology? Because it's it's everybody is their own person, and I, I'd like to talk a little bit about our research with Parkinson's disease because I think I can explain that a little bit better because I was I really watched what I did. So um, Dr. Rolando Lazaro. Uh, he, Wrote, did his thesis on a, um, we had three groups of 16 subjects with Parkinson's disease and one of them wore a vest without weights and one of them wore a vest with weights on their shoulders so standardized it's kind of like producing a control group in the Parkinson's study and then one of them one of the six groups of 16 wore a strategically weighted vest that I determined where the weights were and I was the person who put the, the vest on all of the subjects. And the researchers were in another room and were completely blinded to the condition that the patient, or the subject, excuse me, was. And um, the subject was also blinded because some of them knew they would get weights and some of them knew they wouldn't get weights if they were wearing a, a vest, so they thought maybe it would be the vest. 
But the other thing I did with the people who didn't get the weights is I would still put empty weight holders and I'd still do everything. So I'd, I'd do this, um, what I call the balance-based torso weighting assessment on everybody. And what that assessment was was standing with their feet as close together as they could tolerate, um, looking at their sway patterns and the eyes open, um, and then I'd have them close their eyes and sometimes people get less steady with that. And I'd look at the ways the patients, the people were losing their balance. And then um, I would do what's called perturbation testing, and I would look at how a person, I'd be nudging their body in all different directions at various points on their upper body and lower body to see which directions a patient lost their balance. And Excuse me, I keep saying patient, but it was subject. So if I intertwine those, um, please excuse me. So um, what I was able to do then is I kept track of what everybody's loss patterns were. And some people would lose only in one or two directions. And some people had all 12 different directions where they were losing their balance. And then what I did is I kept track of uh, what groups and how they responded. And what was interesting is that only the people who were strategically weighted were having a change in their ability to react to the perturbation, not the other two groups. The other thing we learned in the study, uh, which probably won't get published uh, because he'll be publishing that this um, intervention, uh, the variable weight placement is what they're calling it, uh, with, which is balance-based torso weighting, those people got um, improvement in gait speed and the other two groups didn't. So we were significant in demonstrating that. But what won't be written about, because it's it's not um, what I call validated yet, it hasn't been put through the test of time because we're still you know new at doing this research, is the results of these perturbations. But I know because what I was I was the one doing it. I know what happened, and what was very interesting that a third of the people um, lost their balance either forward or backwards um, with a perturbation. Uh, Two-thirds of the people lost their balance laterally, so to side to side, and two-thirds of the people had a rotational component. And I also realized that um, that people with Parkinson's actually had more loss in their upper body than they did at their pelvis and their hips. And And so that was interesting, but like I said, each person had their own unique loss which I found very interesting. So the comparison of those that got the weights was that they, uh, in terms of ability to remain stable, was significantly different from the other two groups. Yes. And um, the other thing that we learned was that the people who got the weights on their shoulders, and they were weighted with 1.5% body weight. So when you think of that, it's like a person who's, up 100 pounds would be weighted with one and a half pounds. Um, it's very lightweight. Uh, those people um, actually who had the on their shoulders became more unstable in an um, like a we were had some of, part of the testing was standing on foam, and so it would be kind of like if you're walking outside on the grass, so an unstable surface. That that when they were weighted on their shoulders, they had less ability than the other two groups, and so. What's important to realize about that is that you shouldn't just go out and try to do this yourself. It's really important that a trained clinician actually identifies your balance loss and strategically places the weights. Um, it kind of validated that you needed um, someone who knew what they were doing to um, help you. In the example of the video that we just watched, you mentioned it took you about 20 minutes to place the weights. Is that about average, or does it sometimes take much longer than that to do the evaluation? Uh, it really depends on the expertise of the clinician. Um, I'm really good at it because I've been doing it for 10 years, so I can actually sometimes even uh, figure out a patient in about 5 to 10 minutes. Uh, newly trained clinicians, it's probably a good half an hour, um, and sometimes they'll take a second visit to, you know, they might not be 100% sure. There's a learning curve to um, becoming precise with it. Uh, it's What I find really interesting is that sometimes you can move away a quarter of an inch sideways or up or down vertically, 
and that is where you develop, where the patient then gets their key point of control and all things change and they become stable. And when their trunk becomes stable, they start moving different. And so I think it's it's the clinicians um, who are learning uh, maybe don't do a little bit more trial to see if we can really um, uh, improve that last little bit that gives them an extra 10, 15% of ability for the patient. Is this something similar to dental orthodontics where you get your braces on and you have to go back to the dentist every two or three weeks to get an adjustment? Or once the weights are set, do they pretty much stay as they're placed for months and months, if not years? Well, that depends on on patients, too, again. Um, I would say that Parkinson's is a little bit more stable disease than, say, a stroke. So a patient with a stroke might get them changed more frequently because their their body is changing right away in the very initial stages of a stroke. And so um, they may need to have it changed more. But I would say what I typically do is um, I get the patient their garment and I put the weight in and I ask them to come back in a week and then I, I see how they're doing. I might adjust it slightly and then they'll go for a while. But I, I really recommend that patients actually see a clinician also because not just for the waiting but and for strategically putting the, you know, the vest on and that stuff, but because when you are more stable, you have the access to become better. And because you, because you can push the um, home exercise program further because, you know, who's going to stand on one leg if they feel really unsteady? Patients just aren't going to do it. But if you feel um, like you have more stability, you might give it a try. You might perform higher-level things, and the, the therapist may be able to advance your ability further uh, and provide other things, such as, um, especially for Parkinson's disease, I know a lot of people have a lot of rigidness and tight muscles, and they become a little more forward-bent in some cases. And some of that can be dealt with through stretching and exercise and balance wear, obviously. Um, if you look at the, the different um, photos that are flashing up on, the, on your web, on your blog, you can see uh, there's a gentleman who's 92 years old, and you can see how forward bent he is. And then when we put the balance wear on with the rigid orthosis, um, in the, so it was a combination treatment where we had an orthotic that is like a lumbar sacral orthotic and then strategically weighted him. It it brought him more upright. I, I, I were able to see that in the pictures I sent? Yes. Mm-hmm. So that was a same-day treatment with him also. And for him, by and I actually have um, a couple things for your your the people who are listening to try. And so I'm going to run you through a couple different things. So I, I hope people are sitting right now. I want you to kind of remember how bent forward he is in that initial picture. Right. So, and for those for those who are listening, you can see the rotation of the pictures on the radio show page. And so those two pictures are there. They show him bent down and then him standing up straight. Okay, so everybody is going to be sitting right now, I hope. And what I want you to try to do is drop your, your chest forward a little bit and so that you're kind of forward bent like that man is. And now I want you to try to take a deep breath. Kind of get the sense, take a few of them and get the sense how that feels. And now, after you've done that, I also want you to try to raise your arm up as far as you can while you're forward bent like that. Kind of see what your mobility is. And now I want you to sit up as straight as possible. And I want you to repeat those two things. So um, take a deep breath in. Did you notice a difference in anything? I did. It's a lot easier to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot easier to breathe, right. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Now, now go back and now raise your arm up and tell me what, what you feel. Well, for me, it's, it's great. I mean, I, I like having my arm up, and I can breathe really easily. Mm-hmm. So um, now let's talk about what 
people could try in walking, but I, I caution you to be careful and walk next to a counter. So if you are forward bent like that, basically you've taken all of the slack out of your gait and you cannot take very big steps. And so um, a lot of times I'll, I'll teach this to clinicians also that as you're really forward bent, you really can't take very big steps. But as you straighten yourself out, your steps can get bigger just because there's more range of motion in the system. And um, anyway, so you guys might want to try that, but do it in a you know a protected area in a kitchen where you can walk along a counter or something like that, so you wouldn't have you know cause a fall or anything. But you could could try that out to see why we um, want you to be more upright when you walk. So the rigid orthotic was able to help him support his torso in a more upright direction, and the weighting itself was help to, helpful to pull him up also, but also rebalance his ability. With that, he was able to see, look at a different position on the floor instead of like looking straight down at the floor, uh, but maybe out maybe 10, 15, 20 feet in front of him. And the other thing that happened with this client is his, his daughter used to have to say, okay, Dad, move your right foot. Dad, move your right foot. Now move your left foot. And it was like really a 20-minute walk to the bathroom that was maybe 15 feet away. It was very slow. And he just became a little more automatic when he had the vest on because things were he wasn't having to concentrate on just balance or trying to stay up. And so um, that was really good for them. We have a caller who I believe has some questions for you, Cindy. Area code 707, you are on the air. Hi. Hi. This is Nancy Banker, Cindy. Oh, hi, Nancy. Hi. Um, I have a gentleman with me, a friend, uh, Joe Mayfield, who's... um, uh, has Parkinson's, and my question had to do with um, does does your research or your experience in any way indicate that if someone gets weighted and examined earlier rather than later, is there any difference in in the impact over time? Well, that's a good question. Um, I'm going to relate it back to my MS experience, okay? Because currently right now in our NIH grant that we're, we're looking at, uh, the, the, the subjects that actually came in looked almost normal. I was really surprised that some people even had, they'd had the diagnosis for several years, even like up to 20, were walking around like you uh, were walking along like me. And so I'm like, oh, my goodness, how am I going to change normal? And um, so what we were able, in in the study, we were actually doing motion analysis and the the people were walking on this mat called a gate right mat that measured um, how fast they were in centimeters per second so we could be very precise. And we would have them stand at the end and we'd have them walk as fast as they could across the mat and we would record their times. And then... Uh, that we'd have them do that three times, and then we'd do the strategic weighting, and then we'd have them do that again. Well, what our research showed um, when we we actually did all the the analysis on it was that these people, even though they they were walking what we thought was quite fast, which was um, like an average of 178 centimeters per second, and the healthy controls were walking about 188 centimeters per second, so only like 10 centimeters per second difference between a patient with MS and a patient with uh, and a normal healthy control person, um, we found that these people, even though they looked normal to us, were able to increase their gait speed. And now what we're doing it with the same group of people is analyzing the motion analysis. So um, to see whether or not their movement patterns are better because what, we, what they're seeing in that group of people um, is that if we... You know, the way I look at it is if we can change a patient to be any more toward a more normal-looking gait pattern or anything like that arm swing that I pointed out, um, if if a patient is moving poorly or someone is moving even just a little bit poorly, um, meaning 
they're just a, their gait's just a little bit off, and a lot of people don't don't notice it, but some people do. Then their brain is learning. It's almost like negative neuroplasticity. Their brain is learning that motor synergy over and over and over again. So when we apply an intervention, even though somebody is, um, you know, relatively new into their diagnosis or don't, don't show a lot of impairment, but things start moving more smoothly, then um, it's a possibility that with repeated motion over and over and over again, their neurological system could have a, a positive change and that they can keep it. And that's one other thing I want to talk about is that some of our patients, when they, they've had the weights on for a period of time, sometimes it could be a couple hours, sometimes it's more several days or weeks or months, their neurological system begins to learn how to move different, and when they take it off, they don't look different. So their body begins to look more normal. In Did that answer your question? Yes, and, and your last comment is addressing the retention of the improvement even without the without the vest. Is that correct? Yes, right. But people need to be, you know, wear it for periods of time in order to get that change. And the one thing that I recommend as a uh, therapist and, and really critically analyzing this over the last 10 years is this if you go to the therapist and you wear it for a half an hour during treatment and you're walking pretty normal during the treatment, what is it going to be an hour later, two hours later? Are you going to spend, you know, the next 15 hours walking poorly and um, versus only the time in the rehab part? Does that make sense? So you can almost take your rehab home with you and be moving in a more n- normal pattern when you're wearing this. Well, thanks, and it's good to hear your voice again. Yes, thank you very much. Thanks for calling in. Cindy, you mentioned in the Parkinson's study that you specifically evaluated the ability to maintain balance uh, when a person was challenged in various places on their body. What are some of the er other areas that your particular treatment may be helpful for that uh, were not looked at in the study? Right. Uh, well, one of them was posture, and that's what you know, you know. When you do research, they you only can ask certain number of questions, and the more questions that you ask, the it's harder to prove um, that it's actually working. Does that make it, it? The reason why is because they make you do different statistics to um, to decrease the chance that if you do ten things, maybe one will show up positive. <laughs> So when when we do research, it's kind of like you want to pick the things that you really want to study, but you don't get to look at other areas. So as a clinician, though, I get to look at everything, which is really what should be happening with patients. So one was posture. We see uh, patients having improvement in their posture. Even the alignment of their shoulders sometimes will change. Um, we see some, and, and I'm also doing some questionnaires that ask about um, fatigue levels, and we're seeing some improvement in fatigue. And with Mary, with a person with MS, she had improvement in her vision, which was, um, we're going to be writing that article up. And I know not that long ago you had a person talk about problems with vision with Parkinson's disease. I don't know whether this is going to be helpful, um, for the visual coordination as we're beginning to see in other patient populations. But it, it might be because um, people with Parkinson's disease sometimes have a problem of integrating their sensory system. And um, just so you know, balance is a combination of three systems. It's your visual system, it's your vestibular system, or the ability to feel equilibrium like if you're on a boat, and then it's your sensory system. That, like if you're sitting down right now and I say, oh, um, do you feel pressure on your legs? Oh, yeah, I feel pressure on my legs that I wasn't paying attention to. That's your sensory system picking up where you are in space, that your knees are bent, that your ankles are bent or whatever. So this information is constantly circling in our body and at very fast speeds uh, so that a person knows where they are in space. There's been a lot of studies looking at um, uh, the, that this pro 
proprioceptive um, part of Parkinson's, the ability to know where you are in space, is affected and that people become more visually dependent, meaning um, if you have to walk in an area that's dark or your eyes are closed, you have more problems with your balance. And so some of what we see is an improvement in, like, walking with eyes closed, not really needing the vision as much. And so it's a possibility that that's something we should be looking at a little bit further in Parkinson's disease. The other thing is um, ability to concentrate or to know where um, maybe doing more than one thing at once. What I sometimes will see with patients is that they'll have a very blank look on their face. And uh, I think I think some of it is is that they're concentrating so hard just to do what they need to do. So, for instance... Um, if a patient has to concentrate just to move, it's going to be, okay, when you go to sit to stand, I'm going to scoot forward. Okay, now I need to lean forward. Okay, now I need to get my feet in a certain position. Okay, now I, okay, now I lean forward, and then I finally push up. Okay, now i got to control my balance. Okay, now i got to think about which step I'm going to step with. Okay, now <laughs> so it keeps going over and over, and they're, they're, they're having to think about things. So when they become balanced, all of a sudden they're – that you take away some of that um, paucity of movement and make it more automatic. And so then they often you'll see their face lighten up a little bit and you'll even see people smiling um, or, or having a little bit more ability to communicate with somebody while they're, while they're moving. The other thing is looking at falls. And um, if, if, uh, if a patient is, has to concentrate so hard just to walk, uh, then if someone asks them to look up or do something else and they're not and they lose their concentration and uh, regarding walking, they may fall, and they don't really know why they fell and I was just walking, and I fell, but it could be that they you know heard a bell or or someone said something or you know they were trying to figure out something in their mind and and it distracted them from what they were doing. Why do you think this particular treatment and therapy works, Cindy? Well, I think I am I am going looking at the very foundation of movement, which is balance control. And when you if you if you don't have balance, you can't sit. You can't even like lift your head if your head isn't balanced on your shoulders when you're a baby. And then you have to be able to control it in sitting, and then you have to be able to control it in standing. So it's this whole developmental process that your body learns that becomes automatic at some point. And when we begin to lose some of those things that control our balance, either because it's our sensory system doesn't pick up information or um, our, we can't integrate our senses the way we used to, uh, then um, we become you know, less able. So what I'm doing is I'm taking the, the the person or the patient or the subject, whoever it is, and I'm putting them at their least stable ability. And then I'm pushing them. <laughs> and I'm trying to figure out what directions they can't handle. And then by putting these weights in, they become more stable in those directions. And then once they're stabilized, they get better. So we're in our in our NIH grant. This next part of it, we're actually looking at people with MS. And you know, it's everything's MS right now. But um, what we're looking at is: is there a certain sensory system? Is it like loss of like touch, loss of vibration, loss of a certain sensory system that the putting the weights on is taking over? It's almost like we're augmenting the sensory system to know where. You are in space, and for when you when your body knows where it is in space, and this is something that's like deep set in our brain to know where upright is. When our body knows that, everything becomes more automatic. So that's how I think I'm. <laughs> what I think I'm working on. It's, it's it's very complex, even though it's it seems very simple, and I'm putting these little weights very simplistically but strategically on the body. It's a, as a neurological system is extremely complex, and many people who see my um, videos are like, "What in the heck is going on?" <laughs> 
Some of the people listening to this are actually physical therapists. I said, I heard you say earlier that you provide training uh, to physical therapists on how this can be done for patients. Right. Um, well, on our uh, website, there's a class being offered right now in Oakland. There's going to be most likely one in San Diego in June and, and then October in San Luis Obispo and possibly one coming up in uh, Florida. So uh, what we like to do is last year I trained people in New York and Wisconsin and North Dakota, and this year I've already trained in Louisiana. Um, we would like to get this out there, but uh, it's, it's, it takes time to, to uh, go out and train, and so we're hoping some people will come to us, and I'm hoping that over the next year now I'm going to be creating an online course and sometimes I will actually uh, strategically wait a patient with a therapist uh, online uh, via Skype. So occasionally I'll do that, and I'm hoping that we can train at some of the annual conferences. I did speak at the combined section meetings last year about this. For those of you listening from Bosnia or Slovakia, the locations that Cindy just mentioned are in California, USA. So it sounds like you'll have to do some travel if you'd like to be able to get an actual fitting at this point, especially if, if you live in another country. Is this treatment covered by insurance? Um, yes. The physical therapy portion should be covered by insurance just as a uh, normal physical therapy exam. It's a little bit more extended um, than a typical exam because we're adding in all the perturbation pieces for the balance testing. Uh, but it could be con you know, considered as um, part of a, a therapy process. And, and using the weighting and the perturbation also can be seen as a neuromuscular therapy. So... Uh, that is something that we as clinicians actually do is provide neuromuscular treatment, so you could code it like that. The rigid orthotic is um, is covered uh, through Medicare and some insurance, and most insurances actually. Um, sometimes people, they want to have a, a diagnosis of back, uh, something to do with the back as well as Parkinson's disease or um, an orthotist where I'm where I work is he considers trunk weakness um, enough uh, to to consider putting in it, putting the orthotic through as a rigid the rigid orthotic through to the insurance company. Insurance companies should want to cover this. We've been trying to get the non-rigid covered through Medicare, but we we got a, a miscellaneous code and we're working to um, as more insurance start covering that miscellaneous code, then Medicare will reconsider. Uh, the non-rigid one. But I would say that at least 50% of the people that I, I work with actually um, do better with the combination of the rigid and the um, the weighting. And then as they improve, sometimes you can take that rigid component out in different pieces. Not everybody has a computer. Not everyone had a chance to actually see the video that you stepped us through a little earlier in this program. What do the orthoses look like? Okay. Um, well, they are black, and what we really tried hard to do is make them look as close to exercise wear as possible. I, uh, If you saw some of the other videos on the front page of the website, you'll so notice I had some white garments at one time, and this has been a process. But I found that patients don't really like to wear white because it looks too medical. And I want patients to wear this because it does help them move. So uh, I tried to make it look like clothes, and we've come pretty close to doing that. It does look like exercise vest to me. Uh, mm -hmm. It doesn't look like it's any kind of uh, thing other than just some something that a person would wear while they're jogging. Right, and the, the, the difference between it and other vests are that you can put weights anywhere strategically in the garment. So uh, because of, remember I was saying that it sometimes you move the weight a quarter of an inch or whatever up or down, typical vests don't allow you to do that. And so... 
that's the primary, pri- the biggest change that I made in this is that I, I wanted some, and the other thing that is a big change too is these vests are semi-custom, fit to the patient. So we have a place for you to measure from the shoulder down to where the length of the vest you want it in the front and the back and um, then around the waist. And these are, you have a few inches that you can make adjustments to, but it's not like buying a vest where you get one size fits all. Is what I found was that these vests, the weights need to be uh, snugly uh, placed against the body, not tight, but you know the weight needs to be in contact with the skin. And uh, if it's not, then it doesn't work as well. And one of the ways I found that out was I actually had um, a rigid orthotic where I put the weight on the outside of the, the plastic, and it did not change the patient at all. And so as soon as I moved the weight on the inside of the plastic insert, uh, everything changed. So it has to do with the sensory system that we're, we're changing the patient. I'm Robert Rogers from Parkinson's Recovery. My guest today is physical therapist Cindy Horn. Now, just to clarify for everyone, based on your discussions here during the show, on your website, you don't have vests for sale, medium, large, small, where a person can literally pop on a button, order it, have it delivered to their home, put it on, and bingo, they can walk better. It really does require an assessment by a trained physical therapist who can place the weights where they actually need to be placed. Do I have that gist of that correct? You do. Yeah, so um, physical therapists and occupational therapists are being trained uh, and ortho and orthotists, um, they will often be a part of this treatment program too, because they often will be the one to order the orth- what I call vest, but it's an orthotic, um, which have certain codes that Medicare or the different insurances cover. And a lot of therapists um, will work with the orth- with the orthotist to get the garment to the patient. You are the inventor and the creator of this most remarkable therapeutic device, Cindy. I want everybody to know that it's going to be a bit difficult if they contact their therapist and say, I want one, that the therapist might not yet have even heard about that. Is this possible? Right, it is. Um, And we hope that patients will be our advocate to try to get it because it really is effective treatment for them. And uh, the other thing that the, the neurologists or the doctors aren't going to know about it yet, so <laughs> they're going to have to like be um, start at grassroots and try to bring it to their clinicians and their physicians to to help get it out there. And and if um, you know one one of the things that happened recently to me is this: I was on some blog, and this patient contacted me and. And they um, actually said, well, can you come to Florida? And I'm like, well, yeah, you have to get, you know, several therapists together. And I'm talking like at least 10 and um, for me to come train. And so they they talked to a foundation and they're writing a grant to try to make that all happen, which um, we really want, you know, it's, it's difficult to bring um, something brand new out into the market. And the U.S. is huge. And so is the world, <laughs> even huger, right? And so... <laughs> But we're trying our hardest uh, to make this happen and, and you know, let people know about it because it really is an effective treatment. I want to emphasize this is brand new, folks. We have on the radio show always sponsored uh, therapies that are literally cutting edge. This is just out. So if you try to explore this in your local area, whether you live in France or England or Slovakia, chances are you're not going to get anyone who knows about it. So... I've got my next most important question, Cindy, is how do people contact you for more information? Right. Well, they can go to our website, www.motiontherapeutics.com, and there's a phone number for people to call also. It's 888-330-2289. I'm going to spell the website again for folks because the spelling's a bit tricky. www.motion, M-O-T-I-O-N, therapeutics, T-H-E-R-A-P-E-U-T-I-C-S dot com. Now, 
where can people actually try out this treatment? Do they have to come just to Oakland, California? No, there are therapists down in Southern California uh, that, you know, if they contact us, we will try to get them to the therapist closest to them. Uh, And um, there's some in Southern California, Northern California, um, Wisconsin, North Dakota, Louisiana, New York, and Connecticut right now is where, uh, oh, and Delaware. So, that, and Philadelphia. <laughs> I keep adding a few more. So that's the the places where I've uh, paid people know how to do this. And um, I'm hoping that some of your listeners live in those areas so they can try it out. And for a person to know exactly who that person is in New York or Delaware or wherever, they can contact you and you'll be able to direct them to the therapist who has the training and knows how to do this. Right, yes. Well, this is a remarkable invention, Cindy, and I just want to say I'm amazed and thrilled that there is something out there that can help individuals who are having serious mobility problems. As I wrote in my newsletter to my audience this morning, it seems to me a real problem for anyone who is at an advanced stage and having difficulty with mobility. To get exercise, if you can't exercise, you're not going to get much better so this, it seems, is a jump start for people since you put the vest on and, and bingo, you actually are walking much better. It's just a miracle. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. And, and every time I am a part of helping somebody realize that, I, I still, I still, you know, tear up and, and um, it's just a, it's a good feeling to help people. Well, it's obvious this is not something that was developed over the last couple of months, that you've been working on this for many years. On on behalf of our Parkinson's recovery community, I want to thank you from the bottom of all of our hearts for the dedicated work that you've you've, uh, given to this particular project and now as it will spread and pertain to individuals who currently experience the symptoms of Parkinson's. So from all of us to you, I want to say thank you, Cindy. Well, thank you very much, and thank you for the time and helping us spread the word. It is indeed an honor. And so once again, how should people directly get in touch with you? Okay, so the phone number is 888-330-2289. And um, also, if you go on uh, that front of our website, the www.motion, M-O-T-I-O-N, Therapeutics, T-H-E-R-A-P-E-U-T-I-C-S dot com. There's a blog also, and um, there will be information for people with Parkinson's and other diseases, uh, uh, conditions on there. Periodically I'm writing on that blog, and people comment on the blog to me, and sometimes I, um, I'll i try to answer um, a question, especially if it's different than a lot of the other ones that I've been getting. I've been getting quite a few um, posts on my blog. And um, I like to answer the new ones so that patients can, people can really um, uh, get the most out of it. And I really appreciate all that, the people who are contacting me at this point. You can also see the video that we discussed at the very beginning of the show by either visiting Cindy's website or going to the Parkinson's Recovery blog. The posting is on April the 4th, 2012. You'll see the YouTube link there. You click on that, and you'll be able to see not only the video of the individual who currently experiences Parkinson's symptoms, but there's some videos of other individuals who have been fitted for the vest, individuals who have other kind of medical challenges and conditions like MS. So that's Parkinson's Recovery blog address, or the URL is www.blog.parkinsonsrecovery.com. And be sure to sign up for the free newsletter where we give announcements of everything that's going on that's helping people get sustained relief from the symptoms of Parkinson's. Cindy Horn, thank you so much for being a guest on the Parkinson's Recovery radio show today. Thank you. 
And for everyone, be sure to check out the information on the Parkinson's Recovery Summit. It's the one and only for 2012. The 2011 summit was in Vancouver on the West Coast. We're here in the middle of the United States. People are coming from Europe, from Canada, from across the United States, and from Mexico. As I mentioned in the very beginning of the show, the hotel is full, but there are many nearby hotels just within a block or two walking distance from the Garfield Suites Hotel where the 18 different workshops will be presented over the course of two days, June 22nd and June 23rd. We will also be doing some rather amazing healing work on both evenings, releasing trauma and also encouraging ways for individuals to manifest their fondest dreams. So to find out more about the summit, the address is www.summit.parkinsonsrecovery.com. And a final reminder, those of you who were waiting to sign up for the early bird special, the $50 for the two days, be sure to do that by April the 15th, 2012, since the total price per person goes up to a grand total of $75. And, of course, there are also little extra $15 workshop fees for all of the workshops that you've decided to actually attend. If you'd like to get specific questions about the summit, be sure to give a call to our toll-free number, and that's 877-526-4646, or you can always email me at robert, R-O-B-T, at parkinsonsrecovery.com. And that's what's happening on the shores of the Puget Sound, where all the women are smart, all the men are handsome, and all the children are truly loved. Know that by virtue of the fact you are listening to this radio show today, that you are indeed on the road to recovery. Good day.